this is the K-Cut. We are doing a quick B-roll because tomorrow the Oscar nominations for the 94th, I believe, Academy Awards is coming out bright and early, 8 a.m. And we have been racking our brains around the awards season already. We've been given a bit of time since the Golden Globes and the Oscars are so split apart this year. We've had some time to marinate on the past winners, the BAFTA nominations, the SAG Awards, which have been very loopy this year, Independent Spirit Awards, all that good stuff. So we have a few thoughts as to what's going to get nominated, what we feel like is unfortunately going to get snubbed, but we're hoping to be surprised. There's no real format. Why don't we get into some heavy hitters? So why don't we uh, list off some of the films that we think are going to dominate in a whole bunch of categories, uh, including Best Picture and why we think they're going to dominate. Who wants to go first? Sure, I will. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that this season has been very strange compared to last year. I felt last year was fairly cohesive, and it was also high quality all around. There were very few movies that I was actively disappointed in. And this year just has not been measuring up. It's kind of a little meh and a little strange all at once. Like, uh, none of the precursors, usually precursors tend to reasonably match up, but none of the precursors seem to have been telling a focused narrative. Everything's been kind of all over the place. So I'm really not quite sure what's going to happen on February 8th when the nominations are released. It's weird because last year I felt like we were all being a little bit um, critical because we were like, well, this is just the leftover stuff from what got pushed because of the pandemic. And in hindsight, last year was actually really good. We had Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Nomadland, the, the Best Picture winner was, was fantastic. The Father was the film that I don't think anybody anticipated to be as good as it was. Minari was beautiful. And this Promising year... Young woman. Yeah, Promising Young Woman was... was uh, fantastic for like the mainstream audiences there was a little bit of something for everybody and i feel like this year a lot of the best work that's been kind of discussed is like really pretty good at best and there's only a few standouts and even then the standouts are polarizing like um not everybody loves licorice pizza and some people do not everybody loves what might end up winning Best Picture, um, The Power of the Dog, or Belfast is seen as a little bit safe by some people. Yeah. Nothing here is like a clear winner with everyone. Yeah, it, it's a weird year. Um, I do think that in terms of nomination and possibly eventual win, uh, Power of the Dog is the one to beat. And I think Jane Campion can, I just knocked on wood, safely assume that she's in for director, maybe even for the win. Oh, I think she's going to win at this point. Yeah. That's like one of the very few things that I'm sure of. I feel like... she deserves it so much. Yeah, as a very big fan of hers, I feel like if The Piano came out in a different year, it would have won Best Director and potentially Best Picture because... But it was up against Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, which... <laughs> which uh, anything up against Schindler's List. If Forrest Gump went up against Schindler's List, if Unforgiven, yeah. if The Science of the Lambs. All, these are all Best Picture winners. They would have all lost. Yeah, 1993 was a good year. I don't envy anybody who had to make that choice, so... <laughs> yeah, but I feel like her time has come. I feel like a legacy is being recognized, but it's not even just like a legacy win. I feel like The Power of the Dog is legitimately one of her best films. But when it comes to her directorial eye... Is one of her most impressive. So I think it's like a like a very strong win if, you know, should she go to distance. Yeah, I also wonder if Drive My Car might get in as a sort of, um, not surprise, but sort of dancing on the borderline nomination for either picture or director. Wouldn't that be nice? Because yeah. I feel like Drive My Car is one of those films. First off, 
it's not really the easiest film for a lot of the general public to watch. It's three hours long. It's a pretty gradually paced film. It's not very easy to find. Tiff's been showing it a lot if you're a Toronto local, so um, get get on that before it's taken out. But I do know that so many people that I know that have seen it have gone in and come out basically saying, I was really kind of like not feeling this for the first hour, but for the final two, I never wanted it to end. You're supposed to allow it to kind of sweep you away. And I feel like that's been resonating because right now, especially, and I don't know why Spain did this, especially because Parallel Mothers is not up representing Spain, which I think is insane. Yes, insane in Spain. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if that if that was the nominee, Parallel Mothers would be a shoe-in for international film. It would po- probably populate a few other categories, like maybe Pen- Penelope Cruz for Best Actress. I'm not even entirely counting out Penelope Cruz and Actress, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, that would be nice, but I feel like it's all of... Uh, maybe Pedro for for Best Director. I don't know. That could have been like the Dark Horse Best Picture nominee, but I feel like that's not going to happen. However, having said that... You might be onto something because this year, typically it's been between six to ten, depending on the amount of votes that, you know, and the weight of votes that films are getting. But this year, I think they're actually enforcing it has to be ten nominees. So if films like, yeah, films like The Post can squeak in because of favoritism and stuff like that in the past with fewer than ten votes, I'm wondering, will Drive My Car be one of the last slots being filled? That would be very interesting. It's gotten a lot more interest than I would have thought, so I I wouldn't count it out. I do think Belfast is very much guaranteed to be in. I think that it could... It has, like, maybe a 10% chance of taking pictures, the possible, like, popular spoiler. Uh, Oh, like, actually to win it? Yeah. Oh, God, I hope not. I enjoyed Belfast. Like, it was not my favorite, but I, I enjoyed it. I would not want it to win over Power of the Dog, though. God, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually liked it more than I thought I would. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is an exceptionally heavy-handed filmmaker, and that's usually not resonated well with me in the past, like, outside of his Shakespearean stuff. But this was very sincere, very honest, very um, warm, but also heavy but not too heavy at times so it's a real crowd pleaser it's shot really well the acting is is quite good mm-hmm. um i just don't want it to win it's gonna pick up a lot of acting i think oh yeah i feel like in a lot of the supporting categories as well like i feel like if it's or season steam was a bit stronger i would actually foresee like multiple supporting categories but i feel like that might actually instead go to um what could end up being the first instance where a best picture winner is of a, a revival of a former Best Picture winner, and that's Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, where I feel like that's going to populate maybe even two supporting actresses yeah. with one shoo-in to win. Uh, but we might see Rita Moreno being nominated in a category that she previously won for a film she was previously in. Ariana DeBose, I think, is also the one to beat for the win at the moment. Like, I don't think she's a total lock, but I think she's probably the strongest candidate at this stage. And in supporting actor, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Mike Face got in for Rift, or Riff, especially since the BAFTAs just nominated him. What about for Best Actress, though? Because I know that... Um, Best Actress is such a mess. Like, you could tell me literally anything at this point, and I would believe you. Yeah, but what's that story, though? Or do you feel like it's such a cluster mess at this point? I honestly think there are two completely separate lists of Best Actress with five completely different nominees that are equally plausible at this point. There are about a dozen actresses who could potentially make it in in the next day or two. Yeah, because we've heard whisperings of uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. 
Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, um, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Penelope Cruz. Jennifer Hudson. Yep. There, there's, there's just a long list of people. Uh, maybe even McDormand for Lady McBee. I'm never going to say that t- title of that movie out loud. Fair enough. But you know what's funny? I don't think any of those people, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think any of those people were nominated for a BAFTA. Yeah. So there's that side of it as well. Uh, Lady Gaga was for House of Gucci. Yeah, she's pretty much the only one we know is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, what what on earth is going on? Meanwhile, Coda, Coda is this beloved indie film. I feel like it's just because it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Uh, I personally like it, but I don't know if it's like deserving of as much as it's getting. But the typical indie indicator, which are the uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, barely nominated it for much outside of like one or two categories yet it's raining everywhere else so this year is so up in the air it's like your usual indicators of what's going to get nominated really don't matter at this point olivia coleman british royalty is not getting nominated for bafta like there's so much going on that just is implausible the the oscars love pedro yet spain wouldn't nominate parallel mothers like our usual benchmarks didn't even submit it like what spain yep our usual benchmarks just don't matter this year can we blame the pandemic we can blame everything on the pandemic okay what about you james i know that um you've got a lot of catch-up to do but what do you, do you have any thoughts on potential nominees of any category or anything uh, I honestly, I don't think I've seen enough yet. Well, what have you seen that you feel like might qualify? Honestly, I think the only ones that I've seen that I think would have any chance of winning awards is probably what I watched recently, which was uh, Encanto and Cruella. Yes, and I think those will both get nominations in the categories they're strongest at, like costumes and animation. Cruella for fashion. Yes. It needs to win for wardrobe. That movie is awesome. I mean, it's terrible, but it's awesome. Uh, Encanto, I think, um, I, I'm thinking best song. There's no way they're going to turn down nominating Lane Manuel Miranda. He might even get the EGOT this year, although he is up against a Bond song. I feel like this year, Lane Manuel Miranda was like, you know how we all have like pandemic goals where it's like, okay, I'm going to like exercise or I'm going to do my passion project. Lane Manuel Miranda was like, I'm going to get the O in my EGOT because this year I'm going to direct Tick Tick Boom. I'm going to have In the Heights ad- adapted. I'm going to work on Encanto. One of these damn things is going to get me that Oscar. And you never know. I also saw Tick, Tick, Boom and Andrew Garfield for Best Male Actor. He has to get in. Like, I, I will be very mad. I think, At least a nomination. That was a great performance. Yeah. I think Smith's going to win the eventual award, though. I think that that's not a huge mystery to us. It's not. But at the same time, uh, every every so often we get a film, and I've discussed this on Films Fatal, where is it a shoo-in for acting because it's like an acting vehicle sure but then somehow the promotional race just gets too strong and it starts being picked up for best director and best picture and whatnot so i'm thinking of like darkest hour where gary oldman was like the only thing worth a damn in that movie and ended up being nominated for way too much uh because it's a very mediocre film now king richard is a better film but is King Richard actually that good where it's deserving of Best Picture and a whole heap of other awards outside of Will Smith and maybe one or two other performances? I don't know. Also, I thought it was a Shakespeare adaptation for a very, very long time. So the award for most deceptive title goes to that movie. And can you imagine if like uh, if, uh, if King Macbeth loses to King Richard and it's like, well, yeah. that seems noble. And you find out it's like a sports film that's got nothing to do with like royalty or um or like another shakespearean adaptation it's kind of like in uh 
I remember for the longest time after 2010, everyone's like, oh, the king and queen won best actor and best actress. And it's like, well, okay, the king's speech with Colin, with Colin Firth, but like Natalie Portman as a swan queen, that's a bit of a stretch. Like it's yeah. not really the same thing. That could be the same thing this year. Like, oh, King Richard, you know, trumped King Macbeth. And it's like, not really. It's not the same thing. There's a completely different titles. <laughs> So when I catch up, it's really interesting because it's like we discussed, like last year's awards was, it was like a surprise because there was a lot better stuff than we anticipated because of all the things that pushed back. This one, I'm seeing a lot of articles talking about all the winners and nominations for other awards and how it's confusing. And then just overall, how films aren't, the films of this season aren't as, aren't as impactful or as great. I kind of just want to get this out of the way so we can get to this year's movies and next year's award season because this year is stacked, like in a way that I haven't seen in several years. Well, let's hope because we thought this year was going to be stacked. We were like, the French Dispatch is going to be amazing. It turned out to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, think about it. Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, and Jordan Peele are releasing a film this year. Martin Scorsese, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is coming out. Finally. And just all the other stuff. I think, I think next year is going to be a difficult round. To, to discuss because there's just going to be so many good things. Let's hope so. Well, this year, one of those anticipated films was uh, Dune. Yeah. Which I feel like it's such a it's such a weird, wonky year. A film with that much technical appeal can easily be nominated for Best Picture. I can't see why it wouldn't be. I'm sure we'll pick up a couple of technical awards. Like, I, I don't see it completely missing out, but on the other hand, like... I don't know. I, I thought it was going to make a bit of a bigger splash than it did, to be honest. Um, when I look back at my initial list that I made in like August of all the movies that I wanted to watch uh, in anticipation for Oscar season, a whole bunch of them just did not make the final run. Like Last Night in Soho, um, as we've mentioned, The French Dispatch. Lots of movies that were supposed to be big and were not. I feel like they'll still get nominations. Like, I can see uh, Last Night in Soho, which actually got a BAFTA. Well, then again, Britain. Um, for Best Sound. Uh, Last Night in Soho for Best Sound makes perfect sense, and I would actually be shocked. Or not shocked, because I'm expecting it at this point, but very upset if it doesn't get nominated for Sound at the Oscars when it should. French Dispatch is going to get, like, production, maybe cinematography, maybe music, something. It's going to get, like, something. One, one or two things. Oh, production design, they'd be crazy if they didn't nominate them for it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go like one or two small, um, smaller tech awards, I think. But um, not as big of a splash as we all would have thought, especially after the Grand Budapest Hotel and Isle of Dogs. I was kind of expecting French Dispatch, What's the Scope, and the Context to be um, one of his greatest films, when meanwhile it was nice. And that's about it. Also, there's one acting race we haven't really talked about, and I think it's because it's the one that's most locked up, supporting actor. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. At this point, uh, Cody Smith-McPhee is, like, one of the only things I'm sure of in this award season race, unless something shakes it up. I'd be very uh, surprised. Guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Guaranteed uh, win, which this leads back to the whole Best Picture thing. So, uh, this is something that, Rachel, I know that you're probably very uh, in tune with. Uh, for James and, uh, and those who don't play the Oscars race too, too often, or if you're brand new to this, typically to win Best Picture, unless you're Spotlight for the first time in over 50 years... You have to win at least two other major awards. Uh, Spotlight won for its writing and Best Picture, and that was it. Uh, the first time in since 1952. Um, so 
you typically have to win one or two or two or more major wins. So uh, for context, last year when they wonkily did uh, Best Picture before Best Actress, which is still questionable, we saw Chloe Zhao winning Best Director. And she also went very early in the evening. Exactly. And then we were wondering, uh-oh, is Nomadline not going to win anything because she won, but uh, nothing for cinematography, nothing for editing. And then it won Best Picture. So that's when I was certain that Frances McDormand was going to win Best Actress because those are the two major wins, director, actress. So this year, you bring up Cody Spick-McPhee. Yeah. And on the other hand, um, when Parasite was running a couple of years ago, as if people uh, may not remember that it was actually not a given that Parasite was going to win. It was sort of people were hoping for it. But 1917 was also in play. There were a couple of other movies. But Parasite cleaned house. Yeah, it won four Oscars, which is huge. And the first one it won was Best Original Screenplay, which is very rare for a non-English language film. And early in the evening, when that was announced, that's when I'm like, yeah, Parasite's going to sweep. Parasite's going to take everything major. And it did. I don't think it totally swept, but it was close. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it only didn't win for production, I think. I think that was, like, the one that it was nominated for that it didn't win. But that mansion was awesome. <laughs> and to say, oh, yeah, and the fact that it was, like, not even a real house, like, that's crazy. Um, well, it it was a real house. It was a house built specifically for production. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Like, I thought it was one that they just found. They were like, okay, let's find the richest house in the neighborhood. It's also crazy because it also won the Palme d'Or. And to win the Palme d'Or and Best Picture, that's... That's literally like seeing Haley's Comet. It's only happened thrice, I think. Yeah, it's not very common. Uh, Marty and The Lost Weekend, I believe, are the only other two to do that. So I haven't seen Being the Ricardos yet, but do you think Aaron Sorkin's going to actually win something this year? Because last year he got nothing. Oh, God, I hope not. No, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, moving moving back to, to ignore... Um, to, to ignore all that and the possibility that he might actually win a bunch of stuff for a film that's not that great. Um... Uh, yeah, you brought up Parasite, and Green Book uh, was my indicator that year when I was hoping for Roma, because, you know, Mahershala Ali, we all knew was going to win. But as soon as it won for Best Screenplay, I said, oh, no, it's going to win Best Picture. And I was right. So this year, and I bring all of this up, because this year, Cody Smith-McPhee is pretty much a shoe-in for Best Supporting Actor, unless something changes. Jane Campion is pretty much a shoe-in for Best Director, unless something changes. So is that enough for Power of the Dog? I don't know. What else are they going to pick? Like, there's Belfast, and sure, I think a lot of people will go for Belfast, but I don't think the support is that high. Like, I, I can't think of another movie that has that sort of drive. Uh, well, West Side Story, potentially, which... Oh, that's true, and it is a stunning film from start to finish. Like, in terms of filmmaking, that might be my favorite of the past year, because there were so many moving parts to that movie, and they did them almost flawlessly, like, pretty close to perfect. Yep, and you have uh, Steven Spielberg, who the Academy loves. I don't know if they love Kenneth Branagh nearly as much. Um, you have uh, a lot of potential winners in acting categories and tech categories for sure. The cinematography. No, if if West Side Story doesn't win cinematography, like we're done. <laughs> well, it's a tough year because you're looking at the tragedy of Macbeth. You're looking at. Um, the Green Knight for cinematography. There's a lot of visually astonishing films. However, it should at least be nominated. At least. Um, so who knows? West Side Story could actually be that film as well. Because major categories don't just have to be the top five. They can also be a lot of tech ones. And uh, toss in an acting one or two. Best adapted screenplay. That's enough to win, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Um, 
I also, I've got a couple of big and bold predictions. I think Flea is going to make the trifecta, A, because it's good enough to win, to get nominated in documentary, animated, and, and international, but also because everybody likes setting a record. I think that Anne Dowd may sneak in for Mass, which is richly deserved because she's amazing. That's right, you guys. Aunt Lydia is coming to town. And... Yeah, I, I, and I think Mike Face for West Side Story. Those are some of my bold ones. I'll go with ones that I think are much less likely, just because I want to give them shout-outs where they deserve. Um, Summer of Soul should be nominated for Best Editing, which I know I don't even think it's a possibility. It's pretty but... much in for documentary at this point, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's one of those ones where, like the Woodstock documentary, it deserves to be nominated elsewhere as well it's just that good with the you know the balancing of the archival footage and whatnot i know it's not going to happen i don't even think it made the short list but uh i just want to give it its dues anyway um in terms of other spicy hot takes um i might have to think about that james do you have any so i'm really curious and obviously because i i I still haven't seen it yet i'm really curious how dune does because it's probably only going to be tech because we see this all the time directors who has strike this really interesting balance between art house and blockbuster don't get credit for like the prestige of like the bigger awards. Like look at Christopher Nolan, the stuff that dude should have been nominated for many times over. He never is. Why is that? Now you look at a movie like dude, like, I mean, obviously, um, didn't even know when you look at his track record, he's got a great filmography, but when you, when it comes to award season, what happens? Like, think about Blade Runner 2049. That could have gotten way more than tech, but it didn't. It's tough. I feel like, um, so are you saying that there's a chance that he won't be nominated for Best Director? Because there's a huge possibility that he will be nominated. But you never know. This could be the upset because we all thought Christopher Nolan for Inception, right? And he didn't. I always forget that because it just feels like he would have been. (laughs) He's only ever been nominated once, I think. What was he nominated for? I think Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. The one he should have won for. (laughs) Potentially, yeah. That's the kind of movie that the Academy goes for, though. Also, like, think about, like, his approach to this war movie. Like, how does he not get it? But that's just the thing. It's also, you know, but also I think in regards to people like Timothy Chalamet, is he going to get something for it? Or are we going to start? Well, obviously, it's probably not. But at the same time, his exposure is leading to that kind of burnout we feel for a lot of actors. Mm hmm. Because he's in so many things, is that going to play a factor too? Because remember, remember when Jennifer Lawrence was everywhere all the time, and people got sick of it, despite her being a good actress. Yeah, unfortunately. Speaking of Lawrence, do we do we have any ideas on how Don't Look Up might do? Because it's been making some surprising strides. I think a lot of people have resonated with it in a way that we weren't anticipating. I'll just tell you this though: the fact that it's a super American film, super duper 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 American film with a mostly American cast, save for like Kate Blanchett and one or two others, and that got nominated for in a much smaller category. They only have five at the BAFTAs for Best Picture. I don't care what the critical divide is; that's getting nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It has to. If there's ten. It's, it's tough though because it's such a polarizing film and I personally felt like it was good but not fantastic but I feel like at the same time it's one of those things where the Academy and Hollywood is like yeah let's pat ourselves on the back like it's, it is a good film and I feel like it's better than some people give credit for but yeah I feel like it's going to get nominated for Best Picture now will it get nominated for any of the acting categories say Leo and stuff I don't know it's a really tough category but you never know and I thought that was very strong overall the acting so you never know so for Don't Look Up, which, surprise, surprise, I still haven't seen it. 
Adam McKay, ever since the big short is way he's, his head is way too big. Like if you've seen the things he's been saying on like Twitter and just internet in general and stuff, I think he's going to be rubbing people the wrong way before, you know, I, I don't, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, I mean, it's like, if he does get a best picture now, I'm great, but I don't think he's going to get much else because of his attitude. Like this dude is literally like, it's like, dude, you made the big short. I remember what was that one uh, he did after um, Vice. Oh, Vice. Apparently that wasn't as good as it was hyped up to be. And then with this, it's getting good. Re- you know, it's been getting good reviews, but just his attitude on like, just how people interpreted the film and how it should be. I don't know. I, I think it's just gonna be one of those things. It's like, it's like how uh, Adam Sandler was talking about how you should get nominated for best actor for uncut gems. And then it's like, you know, his attitude about it and kind of rub people the wrong way because he was like, if I don't get nominated, I'm gonna make a really bad movie. But I'm just like, that <laughs> is something that you should actually nominate because it was a great performance, especially from Adam Sandler. But, you know, I can tell the Academy likes to play this game where they do things personally, as opposed to being objective about it. You kind of have to kiss the Academy's butt often, and it's that's the only reason why Joaquin Phoenix, it took so long for him to win an Oscar. He would have won one sooner had he actually played ball. Uh, ever since stuff like um, like uh, George C. Scott with Patton, where he didn't even show up and he called the Oscars a V-Parade, uh, they kind of take favor to those who um, actually like the Academy and would go on and give these nice big speeches and whatnot. You have to, like... We're going to award you, but you have to tell us how great we are. And a lot of people don't like playing ball that way. And speaking of uh, Joaquin Phoenix, can we just have a little shout out for Come On, Come On, which is just a lovely movie that I feel didn't get very much attention, even though it's really a great watch. At least get one for screenplay, which is uh, a common place for, oh my God, what's the director's name again? Mike Mills. Mike Mills, thank you. I thought so. Like for 20th Century Woman, where that should have been nominated for more, but it only got for screenplay, I think. And I feel like uh, Common Command is going to get the same thing this year. If that, I'm hoping for that. But you never know, because sometimes you'll get Viggo Mortensen and Captain Fantastic. So maybe Wucky Phoenix. And the little kid from Command Command got nominated in Britain, but I don't think that's going to be enough for him to get in now. But it's a cool thing. <laughs> Ignorant question. Is the kid British? I don't think so. I think he's American, but um, let me just Google. That's even cooler if that's the case. And you never know. Yeah. You never. I'm hoping for Joaquin Phoenix as a dark horse in such a beautiful performance. It's such a. He is English. Okay, maybe that might have might have been part of it for the Baptists because they do <laughs> tend to highlight English actors where they can. But. Yeah, you know, that, that's why I'm again I'm very surprised about Olivia Coleman. But I mean, I digress. <laughs> Interesting thing, if Coleman wins this year, then that would be the second year in a row that someone has won Best Actress three years after winning their most recent Best Actress. So McDormand won in 2017 and 2020, and then this would put Coleman at 2018 and 2021. So next year has to be Renee Zellweger. <laughs> to make it the, the trifecta, um, yeah, that would that would be interesting. Uh, I would love it if Olivia Coleman won again, but the fact that she's not at the BAFTAs, I don't know. It's strange. Uh, but- this kind of places Lady Gaga as a very high priority for House of Gucci, which, uh, here's a hot take, um, and not hot because I feel like I'm going to guess something that won't happen and whatever. Hot as in I'm going to come off as exceptionally rude. Jared Leto should not be anywhere near a, a Best Supporting Actor category this year. The no. fact that he's got a high chance to be nominated for essentially what is a Rocky and Bullwinkle villain. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I know. No, 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 no. I'm not a, I'm not anti-Jared Leto, but I think this performance is 
Like, this is not a good performance. This is like this is a caricature. It's a cartoon. There is always one strange nomination a year, though, so we'll see. Ah, uh, oh, Hasaguchi. Another point. This year, the ceremony is going to be a little different than in the past few years because there is going to be a host. We don't know who it is at this point, as far as I know, right, Andreas? Um, I feel like there have been some rumblings. I've heard... Uh, but no official announcement. No, no official announcement. We've heard some potential rumblings of Tom Holland, who was the first kind of yes. name passed around. But now it sounds like um, it, there's a very high chance it could be, and I don't really know why, uh, Pete Davidson. No. Um, no, he, he, no, his comedy doesn't suit the Oscars at all. Like, I just don't see it. Pete Davidson isn't funny. No. Well, then again, a lot of Oscar hosts. I, I really like him on SNL, but like, come on. A lot of Oscar hosts aren't funny, so maybe that is in line. My prediction the is they'll go with someone really classic, like in the vein of Billy Crystal or something like that. Somebody who they know doesn't mess up. I personally am. I want Hugh Jackman. Like, oh. Hugh Jackman or nothing, because <laughs> his 2008 hosting job was exemplary, and he has not been back since. And I adore that man. So. I'm not even a very big fan of his in general. Like, I don't, like, dislike the guy. I'm perfectly fine with him. But, I, like, I know some people are crazy over Hugh Jackman. But I've got to ask this. Why in the hell has he not been invited back yet since that... That was the last really good hosting job. Yes. Another person, and she's not in the conversation as far as I know, but I have to shout her out, is Sandra Oh. Because I think, you know, Hugh Jackman could be the big spectacular host. There are plenty of people who could be the comedy host. Sandra Oh is a funny person, but I also think she's a very elegant person. Like, even her comedy is very elegant. And I think that she could be a very sort of classy host. And she hosted the Golden Globes a couple of years back and was phenomenal. So shout out to her. Academy, if you're taking advice from me, which I know you do, Pick that picker, please. <laughs> I, I wish. Unfortunately, we know they're probably going to be picking somebody who, by name alone, is going to draw enough attention because you know th they are. What's that? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman would yes. Uh, they are all about the ratings and um, you know wanting to bring viewership up. And as we've seen with the Golden Globes, can the Oscars exist without being televised? Absolutely, because it's technically not even about us and. Uh, that's why when people tune in and they complain about, you know, this political whatever going on, they're not thinking of us. They're thinking about themselves. But uh, my point is, in this instance, when it comes to a host, they are thinking of us because they kind of want the, 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 you know, the viewership to go up. So uh, Sandra was a nice thought, but I don't know if they're going to go with that. However, yeah. Hugh Jackman, I don't see why that would go wrong. You know, I don't want a host. I want the I want somebody to take I over know. and perfect what Steven Soderbergh tried last year. Because mm -hmm. that was like a really good attempt at something different. It just needs refining. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, one movie I did see last year and it didn't have a theatrical run, so it, it wouldn't qualify. But No Sudden Move by Steven Soderbergh literally could get nominated for every award. But it's not getting nominated because it didn't have a theatrical run. It was so good. Like every, It literally could pick up a nomination in every category. Like wow. that's how good it is. At least to me. But, you know, that actually, uh, I remember seeing an article there saying, um, should the Oscars start allowing streaming only movies? I think that's inevitable. It, like within the next five years, it's going to happen. Well, I think it would be a lot more fair because like it's like me. I don't really like award season overall. But the one thing I like about film awards is it gets the opportunity to give credit to films that aren't the most commercially successful because a lot of the big commercially successful films take over theaters and don't give like smaller films a chance to run. So if they were to include streaming, I think it would make for a more interesting 
season because there's so many good films that just don't qualify because they don't play by the, these archaic rules. Yeah. Also, not everybody wants to go see the smaller movies in theaters. I mean, especially with the pandemic, like I think some of the changes that that is bringing in are going to spread to the Oscars on a long-term basis as well. I'm hoping. I know that Cannes is finally uh, kind of pivoting around, you know, the whole French theatrical release thing. Um, and good for it. Like, uh, I feel like we need more of that. Um, I guess I guess we'll have to see. Uh, but, you know, on that note, um, oh, one, one of the final things I think uh, that's worthy of being brought up for sure, uh, in the past, the Academy Awards have been very kind of stupid when it comes to uh, streaming platform films. So, like, Roma... The fact that, you know, there have been rumblings that it didn't win not because it's an international film, but because it was a Netflix production is really kind of stupid. Or like Manchester by the Sea, not really having a high chance because it was an Amazon production. However, this year, what are at least two of the big three uh, films? Power of the Dog, which is Netflix, and Belfast, which is Amazon. I feel like this year they can't escape it because so many of the other films, Tragedy of Macbeth is Apple. Uh, so is Coda. They can't really escape it this year. Uh, most of the films being considered for any category, especially Best Picture, are streaming service films. And I feel like that's really going to throw the, the Academy in for a loop, which uh, about damn time. you know. Well, it's because Netflix is picking up all these artistic talent. Like, you know, the the relationship they have with Steven Soderbergh. You know, obviously, you know, they have a Jane Campion film. They... Just all these people going to, and they and these people like working with Netflix. Like Netflix is pushing out a lot of great stuff, and it's the stuff you wouldn't expect. Like it's usually when you think of this, it's like you you know the assumption is it's going to be these corny flicks that nobody wants to see. But no, you know Alfonso Cuarón does a Netflix film, and it's probably one of the best films of the decade, if not the past twenty years. That's not something you expect from a company like that. But, you know, I think they, you know, I think they're, they take quality seriously. And I think that needs to be recognized. Or Apple is kind of a young upstart where streaming services are. And uh, it's got the tragedy of McBee, which is like a huge prestige film. Like, I think it's almost entirely driven on prestige at this point in terms of popular reception. I think Wolfwalkers was exclusively Apple also. I think I don't know if it still is, but it was. I think wasn't one of the wasn't one of the Tom Hanks films last year also. Oh, what's that one? The with one the, where he uh, was the on ship? the yeah. Tom Hanks on a boat. Not Captain Phillips. Not Captain Greyhound. Phillips. Not Castaway. Greyhound. Thank you. I was so <laughs> mad that wasn't about Tom Hanks driving a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's a that's more of a Tom Hanks movie than that we got? Yeah. If he drove a Greyhound bus. It could be like Forrest Gump vibes. He meets random people on the bus and learns about the world. <laughs> you know, both the movies he did last year, it's like they were okay, but they weren't anything to like rave about. What was the other movie? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. It was a Western. That's all I remember. Oh, right. The, oh, News, of the, the World. News of the World. Yeah. Yeah, which got nominated for like score, I think. Uh, score, cinematography, something else. Not supporting actors for the young girl, which I gather was something of a snub at the time. Yeah, I, I fully think it was a snub. I feel like she was very good. But outside of that, it, I mean, it's one of those films where the Academy's like, well, it's Tom Hanks, so you got to give it something. And, like, it's a good film, but it wasn't, like, that good. It's I like mean, Tom Hanks like being Tom Hanks. Yeah. Love Tom Hanks, though. No, no complaints there. Um, do we have any other uh, final thoughts? I guess mine was on the streaming. Uh, Rachel or James, do you have any final thoughts on uh, what this means for the Academy? Anything? Bold predictions? Anything? 
I don't know what to expect and that bothers me. So that's my gist going into it. Usually I know mostly what I'm getting and this year it's it's kind of everything's a little bit off. But I'll be interested to see what happens. As off as two lead performances considered for supporting. Uh, shout outs to uh, Lakeith Stanfield oh, and Daniel Kaluuya. That was so weird. <laughs> James, what about you? You know, honestly, it's... I'm going to go back to what I said before. I just want to get this season over with because the past couple years were wonky because of the pandemic. This year is going to be the year where things kind of return to normal and everything's not getting pushed back. So it's like everything was kind of mixed up because like, oh, these films got pushed back. Overall, people weren't going to theaters. So it's like, could they even see films? Yeah. And also, you know, I think it's going to be awkward for a while, but now we're kind of... I, th- I think moving forward, it's going to be a lot better because, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. We can't forget that. But I think it, I think we've kind of figured it out now. Fantastic. Well, that was a little bit of a prediction podcast, a little bit of a ranting and raving, a little bit of a just a, a spiel about the Academy Awards and everything. So uh, I guess that really means that the Academy Awards season is, is actually taken off for us. So expect some more good stuff with the K-Cut and Films Fatale. Uh, we're going to do a follow-up reaction pod to the actual nominations. Um, I'm going to be covering every single nomination category, ranking every single film and category uh, on Films Fatale. We're going to be doing our annual Oscars roundtable on the K-Cut, um, second year of doing so. Uh, Watching towards- all the movies, even the shorts. Yep, everybody here is going to be watching every single film. Oh, yeah. Uh, even the stuff nominated just for a song, no matter how bad it is. <laughs> Fifty Shades. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I might document it uh, on, on our social media as me watching every single film. Do it. Yeah, go for it. Because I have so many to watch. <laughs> we'll call it James's Adventures or James's Corner or something. Especially because uh, th- this is so much more outside of your wheelhouse. Like last year was the first time that you were doing it. It's it's going to be so much more interesting than some, you know, dinosaur like myself being like, oh, it's the Academy Awards. Like, you know, you, you should be doing this because it's so much more like eye opening for you. Now I can do it comfortably because I don't work a day job anymore and I don't have 12 hours of my day sucked away. Well, you do. It's called watching all the Academy Award nominations. Oh, yeah. Well, I still, wa- <laughs> I still watched like 50, I think it was like 50 of the nominations in four weeks. Yep. <laughs> so now, now I can kind of space it out because there were times where I was watching like three or four movies a day. Now I can kind of like, okay, watch a film or two a day and get caught up. Exciting stuff. Well, nonetheless, we're going to be covering all kinds of stuff Academy Awards related as much as uh, it's a love-hate relationship. We, we know that it's not the be-all, end-all. Um, we know that they get it wrong most of the time, um, right occasionally, but we just love talking movies. We just love celebrating movies, and we just love, you know, getting to watch 50-plus something of them and talking about them, no matter how good or bad they are. So thank you so much for listening. You can check out some more stuff with the K-Cut and Films Fatale, and happy Oscars. 